Welcome to the May I podcast from the Academy for Hospitality Arts. I'm your host with the most, Noah Parks. I've always wanted to say that, and now it's completely true. I hope you're enjoying our journey to the founding of the AHA with Michael DePerry. And if you haven't heard it yet, I encourage you to start from episode one. Today, we're taking a pit stop on the journey to smell the roses. And by that, I mean, we're going to meet more people from the Academy. But today I am joined by another leader from our school, the Director of Training and Course Development, Stephen Ruggieri. Welcome, Stephen. <laughs> hey, Noah. I expected <laughs> like a huge applause with that. Yeah, I know. We got to figure out a way to get some applause in here. Actually, that is a note. Um, <laughs> we'll Hello, work everybody. on that. Uh, so I want to just really quickly, we're starting a new segment and, you know, we'll We'll get to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> but we're starting a new segment. And I just want to ask, because we are titled May I, yeah. uh, the May I podcast. Um, why do you say may I? Or why don't you? When you use the word may I, essentially, it's a, it's a, it's a way to communicate to the guests without interrupting service. So with all the experience in the years of running events and planning events, one of the things that you will find is that service has very specific steps. So for example, mm -hmm. you have three courses and you serve the course and then you clear the course and in between the guests enjoys themselves. But when it, when an entire table is completed, uh, they typically know what's next. So when a service professional steps up to a table, they don't need to have a, a large conversation with the guest. They simply need to say, may I? And it's assumed at that point, that step is to either serve the plate or it is to remove the plate. And it allows very simple communication, non-intrusive so that the guest at the table, no matter what it is that they're doing, can then enjoy their experience without, uh, or without being interrupted essentially. So may I is a simple form of communication indicating what's about to happen without having a lot of, a lot of conversation. I love that. That is, that is a wonderful way of putting that because when I talked to Mike, he said, it's just moving the process along in a, in a way that is intuitive and keeps the guest in control. So awesome. Uh, but, yeah. And it, what's also really important is that w when there's an event, it's about the guests. It's not necessarily about the team. Although service professionals um, and the culinary team, we keep, we're like the engine in the car that keeps the event moving. Uh, but regardless, it's really about the guests and the guest experience. We are part of that experience, but we used to say we're kind of like ninjas where we're in and we're out. And the best type <laughs> of service is a service that goes unnoticed because the guests enjoy themselves without any interruption. So, you know, if they're having a conversation at the table, there, there's really no interruption between what we get other guests that they're having a conversation with. So, yeah. Very satisfying to have ninja service. You like don't even know where the food came from. You don't know where it's going. It's just all delicious and perfect. Uh, okay. So I want to go ahead and ask you a couple of questions, if that's all right. We'll just sure. we'll go ahead with that to get to know you, et cetera. What led you to the AHA? When I first moved to New York, I had a, a J-O-B and mm -hmm. I had gotten laid off and being in New York, I did, I'm from Rhode Island. I did not want to go back to Rhode Island. I love New York City. And also as a former jazz musician, it was the place to be. So to make ends meet and to pay rent, I did what a lot of performers did. And that is to jump into the, um, into this, the special events and become a waiter back then, which of course now we term service professional. From then to now, 
after having experienced run some franchises with my brother, I had some managerial skills and some speed skills with service. It became natural to then become a captain, an event manager. I began to plan my own events. And then as I began to get older, I realized standing on your feet for 12 hours was not necessarily the best idea, regardless <laughs> of how much I spent. Brutal. On yeah, brutal. And there needed to be a pathway uh, for individuals like myself, captains to give back. And that was education. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, I had not known Mike or the Academy at the time, but I had, I was working on a program for myself and for senior captains specifically on leadership training. I was sidetracked. I got hired as the director of hospitality for uh, Bloomberg um, in Manhattan. And that's actually when I met Mike, we, and we really clicked. Uh, we had a lot of the same commonalities. We talked about service and, and we basically had the same vision in regards to what service should look like. And then at that point, things had changed at Bloomberg and I had left my job. And at that point, I jumped into this hot seat with Mike. And we have since then, we, we forced some really great training, some concepts and ideas that, that have been highly effective because not just of the way that we teach, but also because we are passionate about the industry and, and what the industry needs and giving back. Definitely. I mean, that passion bleeds into the classroom, uh, mm -hmm. you know, working with you guys now just a short time, you know, every single time we start to talk, it could turn into a long conversation because you mentioned the word hospitality. Well, the, the stories are endless, not just for me and, and Mike, but anyone in this industry who's been in it long enough, right. I'm sure there are, there are many books to be, to be written. Now that we've talked about how you got here, and now mm -hmm. we can talk about kind of what you're doing at the AHA, which is Director of Training and uh, Course Development. Talk about that in relation to hospitality training and, and maybe how your approach is different than, say, I, I forget some of the other ones, but like Cordon mm -hmm. Bleu or, you know, some, some of the other culinary stuff that maybe people know. Well, before I answer that, I want to pose a question to you because you've been sure. through the service professional training when we first met, which we were, which we were lucky to have you. And also um, you took the leadership training component for our, our lead captains. Mm -hmm. So I pose a question to you, what was your experience being in the classroom with my style as well as Richard and Mike while we're teaching those classes? Wow. Really turned the tables on me. Hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> the things that I noticed uh, right away were, the language that you guys use, uh, you are very focused on the service professional, which I didn't even know what that was. There's a certain amount of self-respect that you instill in a lot of the people in the in the classroom that you do not get, especially when you're just training. If you get hired for a restaurant, you know they'll spend some time showing you, you know, the things that a monkey could do if they were to do it long <laughs> enough but you took care and time to make sure that we understood and, and you were in the classroom. Uh, you, you say you got into this to not be on your feet for 12 hours a day, but <laughs> I remember distinctly, you were on your feet the whole time we're training for 48 hours there. It's exactly. like pretty incredible. But so, so there was a, a moment, I remember we missed something, our group missed something. And so you have the, the presenter for uh, the slideshow and you go back go you move through the room back to the front and and ask everyone to just kind of stop what they're doing and we all went back and we all did it again until we got it and i forget if that was 
it, it, we were on our feet. So it must have been something with placement, table placement or order or synchronized service, something like that. Mm -hmm. But but you took that time and that was really valuable to me. And and again, the service professional language, the uh, the four P's, uh, which you can talk about if you want. But sure. those those kinds of things really stand out to me as things uh, that, that build the person up as a leader and specifically to the leadership training. I don't know if it all has become one mashed up academy memory for me, <laughs> but I do remember again, you know, having a voice uh, that, that wasn't present in other trainings. So that's a little bit of, of what I have taken away from it. Um, obviously those are not the mechanics of a lot of this work, but you know, a, like I said, a monkey can do a lot of the jobs specific that, the, the the mechanics of the job, but it's the it's it's the relationship that we built and the trust that we built and the self respect that we gained from having taken these courses that I really walked away with that 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 set apart the academy from any other training I've ever had. Right. What's really important is as a teacher, right? Because just because you're a subject matter expert does not mean you can teach. And that, that's a learning curve. So I think as a teacher, the, the, the first thing for both myself and Mike is really paying attention to the learning experience with, with how we're learning. And the reason for this is students come from all walks of life. And if you're humble enough to realize that even as an instructor, there's always something to learn from a classroom, that there is never something that that is incorrect or wrong. It's just a, it's a learning opportunity. And that's kind of how we built our course. We have a lot of great ideas, but until you get into the actual classroom and begin to uh, do the work, you're realizing that some things work and some things don't, don't necessarily work. And you, you then go, okay, we need to make some adjustments. But from what you said, as far as how you felt being in the room, uh, there, there's kind of a stigma for individuals, at least in New York, uh, because there's so many events and they're so massive sometimes, seated dinners for thousands, that staffing companies and catering companies just need to fill the seats or, or get bodies into that event. And you have a, an expectation of maybe 10, 10 to 15% of those have, mm -hmm. have training or have been with that company for a while and then are kind of there to lead the remainder of that staff. And Mike has said it before, and, and a lot of times they're treated like numbers. And even so there are times where they just get lost because the events are so big and, and there's, and I want to make sure that it's not anyone's fault, right? It's not caterers fault. It's not staffing. It's just the way it is because it's what they know. And there, there hasn't been a different approach with, with the Academy has taken training. So that's the first thing. And when they come into the classroom, mm -hmm. they are treated with respect because I would never want, I, I want to treat someone the way I want to be treated and we're in the hospitality business. It, it, before that person ever walks into the door, into a student walks into the classroom, they get hospitality in the emails and the conversations, the invitations. And when they step through the door, we're happy to have them. And that sets the pace for the, for the class. I mean, they're there to learn something, but when they're done, they've gotten so much more out of that classroom because of the cohorts and the people that they meet. So when that, that's the first step, get them in the door, and make sure that you treat them exactly what they're what we want them to do when they leave the training class and then the the the, uh, the classroom and go out into the world and work work for a catering company or a staffing company mm -hmm. that's the first thing 
We will pick up next week with part two of our interview with Director of Training for the Academy for Hospitality Arts, Stephen Ruggieri. If you have not become a subscriber, please do so wherever you find your podcasts. And visit our website to see how you can get involved. It's ahaexcellence.com. That's A-H-A-E-X-C-E-L-L-E-N-C-E.com. This is your host, Noah Parks, saying goodbye for now until next week when once again we ask, may I?